0: compares to Jesus. He is the great high priest. He beats everyone else by a country mile. And he's unique. He's the Son of God. And being the Son of God, he can do the duties of a high priest so much better. One of the duties of the high priest was once a year to go into the Holy of Holies. The Holies of Holies was a separate part of the temple. It was separated by a a very thick curtain-like thing that hung down. And he would go in there once a year and he would have the blood of an animal. That blood of the animal was to, uh, to be offered for his sins and the sins of the people for the next year. And he would go in there to the presence of the ark and the ark would be inside the holy of holies and that ark reminded everyone of the presence of God but Jesus is so much better because Jesus he does not just go into a man-made temple he went into the into heaven itself And he did not just offer the blood of an animal. He offered his own blood that was shed on that cross. And and he did not just go into an ark that represents the presence of God. He went into the actual presence of God on behalf of you and me. You see, he is the great high priest. He's the best So don't quit. Hold fast your confession. Hang on to your faith. Have confidence in the reward. I have uh, attended so many uh, funerals in my lifetime, officiated many of them myself. And and often I've heard people say, I've heard people say, well, there he is, referring to the casket, or, or there she is. Once again, referring to the casket. I know what they mean, but they're wrong. Because they're not there. That's just an old holder of the soul that once walked this earth. That's just a human body. If that person is a Christian, if that person died as a faithful Christian, that person is in paradise. He or she is not there. We have a reward that far outshines anything else. We should be confident in our reward. So when life gets hard and and you feel like quitting, don't hold fast to your confession. That's persevere. Because Jesus is the Son of God. He is the great high priest. And then... Pray with confidence. Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize, circle that word right there, with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. This word for sympathize. It means literally to suffer together with. Jesus suffers with us. Jesus understands our troubles and our suffering and our hardships and our problems. Sympathy was one of the duties, one of the other duties of the high priest. And Jesus does it so much better. Speaking of temptations, Jesus understands our temptations so much better because Jesus went beyond. For example, you know, if you take a flame and you pass your hand over that flame, what do you do? You quickly remove it because you don't want to be burned. You know, you you realize that's not good and you back off. With temptation, we... We fall victim to it. We give in to it, and we, we don't end up persevering through the temptations. We often give in to our temptations, and we don't understand the totality of temptations. But Jesus does. Jesus went through the flame of temptation all the way to the cross. He understands our problems. He understands your situations much better than what you can understand. He is the great high priest. Often people will ask me why. Why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to uh, suffer? Why do I have to endure? God, you don't understand. And Jesus says, I do understand. I went through the flame. I did it without sinning. I suffered the totality of temptations and came out the victor. So I do understand your problems. I remember when my son was quite little. He, he, we loved to play on the floor in the living room. And we would play uh, different games on the floor. And he would want me to sit down on the floor. Why? Why? Because he would say, because now we're the same. He would point to me and and at my reduced height, sitting on the floor and him standing, you know, we're about eyeball to eyeball. And he would say, same, same. Meaning we're the same height now. Jesus came to this earth so he could be on our level. So he could be same, same with us so he could understand our own particular problems. Jesus got down to our level. He understands. Verse 16, Let us then with confidence draw near, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, so often, we don't, compre- we don't comprehend what Jesus offers to us. It's like one writer, I, I have uh, borrowed the words, this one writer here, they wrote, Lord, I-, I crawled across the barrenness to you with my empty little cup, uncertain in asking any small drop of refreshment. If only I had known you better." If only I had known you better, I'd come running with a bucket. Jesus doesn't offer just a cup. He offers a bucket of mercy and grace to every one of us. Jesus understands. He got down to our level. He understands when life gets hard and you feel like quitting, don't. Instead, persevere in your confession of faith because he is the Son of God and he is the great high priest. Pray with confidence, because Jesus suffers with you. And finally, when life gets hard, obey. Obey with conviction. Obey with conviction, with assurance. Follow Jesus in the full assurance of faith. Do what he says, because you believe in who he is and that he has your best interests at heart. Jesus has the authority. He has the authority to serve as your high priest forever, so obey him. Verse 1, chapter 5. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness because of this. He is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself but only when called upon God, just as Aaron was. A high priest could not appoint himself to that position. Only God could appoint. And God has appointed the great high priest because he understands us and he has compassion for us. Marvelous compassion for you and for me. Remember in John 8, they're trying to trap Jesus. They're trying to trick him. They've caught this woman, they say, caught in adultery. They come and just throw her at the feet of Jesus. They have no compassion for that woman at all. They're treating her as a thing, not as a person. Jesus says, the first one among you, without sin, you throw the first stone. And they slowly, one by one, leave from the oldest to the youngest. Jesus, after drawing on the ground, looks up and, Where are your accusers? There's no one here. Neither do I accuse you. Neither do I condemn you. You go and sin no more. What did that woman need? She needed compassion. Compassion. She needed mercy. She needed grace. She needed a bucket full. And that's what Jesus gave her. Jesus is the great high priest. Jesus was doing what the high priest should have done. He was dealing gently with a sinner. Verse 5, So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed... By him who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. As he also says in another place, You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. More than anything else, Jesus has the ability to save forever. To save forever because he suffered on your behalf. Those sins that he bore on that cross were, were not his sins. Those sins was my sins and your sins. Verse 7. In the day of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplication. Remember in the garden, right before the arrest, Luke says that the sweat was like big drops of blood, sincere Emotional, passionate prayer. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayer and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Jesus was resurrected on that first day of the week by the power of God. Jesus can save you. He can save me, verse 8. Although he was a son, he learned obedience. He learned obedience through what he suffered. In the original Greek here, it literally says he learned the obedience through what he suffered. In other words, Jesus experienced the ultimate obedience the obedience of going to that cross for you and for me so now verse 9 and being made perfect now jesus was already perfect so this word perfect here means complete he completed the plan jesus has always been perfect always will be perfect and being made perfect in other words completing the plan he became the source of eternal salvation not temporary, but eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. The eternal priest became the source of eternal salvation. In 1999, a missionary made it to a very, very remote part. Of Cambodia. The first time an American missionary had ever been to that area. And he entered this little tiny village. And when he entered the village, you know, he was expecting, you know, this part of the world, you know, probably they were be worshiping Buddha, maybe worshiping their ancestors. But when he entered the little village, a woman came up to him. And when he said what he was there for, to preach about Jesus, the woman said, we've been waiting for you for 20 years. What? You've been waiting for me for 20 years? Yes. In the 70s, the Khmer Rouge, the Commodus-led regime, took over Cambodia, and they were very cruel, very, very cruel. And the Khmer Rouge had entered the village, and there was only a few people in the village at that time. And they had had made every villager dig their own grave. So they all had to dig their own grave. And each villager had to stand on the edge right in front of the grave that he or she had dug. And the army men were behind them the people, the villagers knew what was going to happen. They were going to get shot. They are going to fall into the grave. Some of the villagers started to cry out to Buddha. A few started to cry out to their ancestors. But this one lady, this one lady remembered a story that her grandmother had told her. Her grandmother had traveled, had traveled the world, and... And her grandmother had told her about Jesus, about this Jesus who was willing to go to a cross to die for everyone's sins. She didn't remember too much of the story, but she remembered just bits and pieces. So she started crying out to Jesus and, and, you know, and praising Jesus and lifting up the name of Jesus. Soon, the person next to her and the person next to her on on both sides—they started to uh, to mention the name Jesus, and pretty soon everybody was just, you know, crying out to Jesus. They were crying out to Jesus, and they didn't realize that the army men had left. It freaked out the army men so much that they left. And the woman said, for 20 years I've been hoping and praying that someone would come and tell us the real story and tell us the whole story of Jesus. We're waiting for you now. Jesus is the difference maker. Jesus went to the cross for for you and and for me. Jesus, Jesus has the authority to serve forever as your high priest. And Jesus has the ability to save forever as your complete, as your perfect Savior. To all of that, there can only be one response, and that is obedience. That's to follow Him and do what He says. Go back to verse 9. It says, He became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey Him. If you ever see me inside of a car, if you ever see me inside of a car, 99 times out of 100 probably, I'm going to be driving. Why? Because I like to be in control, okay? I'll just admit it. I like to be in control. You know, we don't mind Jesus being in the car with us. In fact, we like Jesus being in the car with us, you know to maybe help us out in a time of need, to advise us. You know, it feels good to have Jesus traveling with us. But no, I don't want Jesus to take the wheel from me because I want to be in control. I want to go where I want to go, and I want to do what I want to do. So Jesus, just sit there and be happy that you get to travel with me. But Jesus says, no, I must be in control. I've got to take the will from you because you don't know where to go. You didn't know how to go, and you don't know what to do, but I do. Trust in me, believe in me, and let me have the will. Have you obeyed Jesus? Have you become a New Testament Christian? by belief, by repentance, confession, and baptism. Those verses right there are all from the lips of Jesus, spoken by our Lord. As a Christian, are we trying to control? Do we say, I want to control? I want to do what I want to do? Are we living the Christian life? Do we need to seek His forgiveness? Do we need to turn our life back in the direction of our God? He will forgive, 1 John 1, 9. The church stands ready to pray with you and for you, James 5, 16. This morning, this morning, Billy's going to be down here with me, and we're praying that you will make that decision... To respond. We do so when we stand in sing for your encouragement.
1: What?